0: Financial planning is crucial for individuals with disabilities, especially children with special needs. Join us in this episode as we chat with Amit Chawla, a certified financial planner who specializes in special needs planning. Amit shares valuable information on government benefits and proactive planning strategies to ensure your loved ones with disabilities have the financial security and resources they need to thrive. We met Amit a few weeks ago when he told us about his autistic son and how his family made the decision to have him attend a residential school where his needs could be better served. We'll jump back in on the discussion as I talk with Amit about what he can share with us about financial planning for our special needs children. You've, you've shared a little bit about what got you going, what prompted you to start really digging deeper on financial planning, but um, but officially, how did you first start learning about financial planning for individuals with disabilities?
1: Sure. So I've, I've always been interested in finance, uh, I became a certified financial analyst uh, even before my son was diagnosed. Now when he got diagnosed I had limited income to start with. The initial fear I had was that I, how am I going to support my family in the longer term. I remember there were days when I was doing calculations that if I were to send my son to a residential school, and if I had to pay that out of my pocket, how can I even bring up, or how can I earn that kind of money? So first thing first, you have to realize, and I didn't know that I'm entitled to free and fair education until 22. I didn't know that a lot of things uh, are covered by various government benefits even earlier on. So starting at even probably if, if you are able to see signs of any kind of disability, you can reach out to government agencies and have access to early intervention. They can guide you uh, some of the insurance resources that are available to you. So going back in terms of financial planning, it's all curiosity and then also trying to come up with ways to support the need that your child has. So it was learning for me. I did not go into financial planning thinking that this is what I want to do longer term. Right, Grew naturally into it that yes you have to see what all resources are available to you. Your own private resources are great but I would say you cannot rely only on private resources. Tomorrow you may not have a job, you may not have an insurance. Tomorrow you may have some kind of disability yourself. So, you may not be able to earn as much as you earn now or as much you may think that you can earn in future. So try and see what all other options are available. And there are many options available, especially for people who are living in the the States here. Most of the States have programs starting very early uh, in the childhood. Look for those, connect with nonprofit organizations. While your child is in the school, you will have access to a lot of services. That said, you cannot take them for granted. Even school budgets are tight. School resources get pulled away all the time. School programs get deprioritized. School staff gets cut out. Right. To, so you have to be a fierce advocate for your child, especially for a child with disability. You have to make sure that the child is making progress. Now, while you are doing that, you also have to see how you can advocate best. You yourself may not be in a situation to advocate. You may have to hire educational consultant. You may have to hire external a psychologist, psychiatrist to do evaluations to make sure that your child is progressing as per certain milestones. If he or she is not, you have to go back to school, tell them that things have to be changed. So all that takes money. Now, all of this is even before, say, a child is 15. When the child is close to turning 15, that's when you have to start thinking about adulthood. When a child is 18, there are certain government programs, SSI and Medicaid, uh, that you will be eligible for if if the level of disability is is such high. Then after 22, entitlements end. How you can benefit from some of the other programs that may be available to you. Now, all of this might be a lot not all families are like my family, right? We were able to dedicate so much time because our son went to the residential school. And I would say the reason we went so deep into it is because at the back of our mind, we feel guilty that we were not able to keep him home. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to make use of each and every moment to ensure that we learn things to make his life better. And while we were doing that, I think we have come a long way. As I mentioned, my, my wife is an attorney focusing on special needs law. I'm a certified financial planner, a chartered special needs consultant. I am a fiduciary. So I, fiduciary, I'll, I'll define, I am required to make sure that i'm thinking the best possible scenarios right. for our clients to ensure that they are able to come up with a vision they are able to follow certain path they are able to execute on it and then at the end realize part of the vision uh, it's it's all now it's not all that dark out there there is a lot of support available there is a lot of guidance available. All you need is just an open heart and ability to seek
0: help. What are some common misconceptions that people have about planning for the financial future of a child with a disability?
1: One of the biggest one, I would say, is that if you have a lot of resources, you will be able to do fine by yourself the reason it's a misconception because you cannot rely on on just your your resources unless you're a billionaire and very few of us are billionaires out there so <laughs> so to come back to reality i would say you have to do some calculations and think of the First case scenario. Say you have X millions of dollars or X number of dollars. If you were to lose your job, if you yourself become disabled, if your child's needs are more severe, if government programs are cut, how much would you need? to support if all you have is your resources I bet they won't they won't long last in, in a matter of few years you most likely you'll, you'll eliminate so f- to support your long-term planning and your long-term financial needs I would say you do have to marry public benefits with your own private resources Now when you think about public benefits one of the misconceptions out there is there will be support available always out there. Now a lot of work has been done by people before us. A lot of advocacy uh, has happened that has resulted in the laws that we know now that support cannot be taken granted f- for. You will have to continue to advocate. You will have to continue to participate while these laws are being discussed and challenged. So for you to support your family, or your child with special needs, yes, you will need public support, but at the same time, you cannot rely on that public support. So you'll have to continue to fight, and for that fight, again, you will have to build a community around you. You
0: you talk a lot about having the community around you. I think that's that's really important. That and I'm hoping that our listeners are hearing that piece of it. That, um, you know, you 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 don't want to go this alone. You you do have support there, and trying to find that I think is very important. Um, Can you walk us through the process of creating a financial plan for your child with disability? And while you're thinking of that, what are some of the key considerations that a parent should keep in mind?
1: Yes, so creating a financial plan is just think of a blueprint as to what kind of life you are thinking about. Uh, now, when you have a child with a disability, not only you are thinking of your own retirement, you are also thinking of their retirement, right? So. Right. Uh, Instead of supporting yourself for probably 30, 35 years, you have to think about supporting uh, yourself as well as someone else. So the span increases to probably 60, 65 years, if not more. And the needs change. You yourself most likely will have social security. You'll have some of the other benefits coming in because you have contributed towards those your child, depending on the level of disability, may not have those resources. So, starting early, you have to see how your child with disability can continue to get some of the public benefits. One of the biggest thing that you can think of, again, this depends on the level of disability of your child, how much income that child that adult child can generate one of the problem I have seen, and it's it's very difficult to make people understand is the severe the level of disability. The easier it'll be for you to get access to some of the government programs. Now. If the level of disability is not that high and if your child is able to earn, say, 15000 a year, on one side, you would think that they are able to earn for themselves. But on the other side, they are not able to earn enough and they don't have access to the government programs. So... But what that means is you do have to think about continuing to support without access to the government benefits. So there are programs available starting at the age of 18, and you have to do careful planning to ensure that your adult child is still eligible for those government programs. They should not have more than $2,000 on their name. There are ways to plan for those. There are trusts that can be created to supplement some of the government benefits that they are eligible for. In no case you want to supplant. You want to make sure that you are consulting with legal as well as financial professionals. If you yourself are not proficient enough, you should consult. These people will be able to guide you. They will be able to tell you what to do, when to do. In my practice, I, I start with a very broad vision uh, as to what people would like to do. And I meet with my clients every month to keep track of what should be done, whether they are, going, whether they are keeping track of each and everything that should be followed. Um, now, it, it, it's a continued journey and a long journey. You have to know various stages of special needs life and at what stages different toggles turn on and off. At 22, entitlements end. What kind of other programs are available to you? You have to probably think about housing. There is a Section 8 housing, uh, uh, something which is a subsidized housing that is available for people. Uh, People with other kinds of disabilities that got diagnosed after the age of 26 have different uh, kind of benefits or lack of benefits, I would say. Uh, If people are able to earn income and they become disabled at a later stage of their life, they have access to something called SSDI. Now, there are a lot of acronyms out there. SSI, SSDI, Medicare, Medicaid. Uh, there are other uh, other programs. I won't go deeper into it, maybe at some other point. But these programs do need very strict guidelines to be followed. If If you are not careful, you can easily make your child ineligible for these benefits. If you are getting some money from outside, so for example, a grandparent want to support your child with disability, you have to be very careful how you take that money. That money cannot go in your child's name. That money probably needs to reside in a special needs trust somewhere. There are different kinds of trust. There is a first party trust, there's a third party trust. Uh, what if your child gets money from some from somewhere on their name, right? Maybe there, there was an accident and then uh, a case was won and they got money on their name. How do you make sure that that money is not counted towards their assets and they continue to remain eligible for public benefits. So there is a lot to unpack. Uh, And even when these kids are getting public benefits, how that money can be spent, where that money can be spent, how you are supporting your family member from additional money outside. All that needs careful attention all that needs proper planning all that needs probably oversight from professionals
0: so if a family is listening to this and they have money in their child's account right now can they do anything about it is it too late can like can they get get rid of the money so that the child doesn't have money now Are there ways to do that legally?
1: Yes, essentially spend, if if for some reason, say, and to give you an example, many a times people try to put money away in 529, the education. I did it myself. I put money away uh, in 529 for my oldest son, uh, not knowing that he would need it. Now, if that money has not earned income, you can take that money out because you, the money that goes in after tax does not have any issues if it has not earned any income. That is okay. one way. Other other way is 529, a regular uh, education plan can be converted to what we call the ABLE account. It's a 529A plan. Now, ABLE is is a new kind of account that came into picture in 2014 this is to ensure that you are able to put money away for your child with disability while that child continues to be eligible. As I mentioned, right now, according to Social Security, the child can only have $2,000 on their name, but ABLE account enables them to have up to $100,000. Right. Now, there again, if... if for some reason, you are not careful and if that $100,000 in your ABLE account goes above that limit, your public benefits will be cut. So again, this is something that you have to be very careful about how you plan for these things. Another thing that you can do with 529 is you can change the beneficiary. As long as that money is being used for educational purposes, you are fine. You can use it for own your own education also. Yeah?
0: Okay. So it could be transferred to another child or to right. to a, a parent or to anyone else. Yeah. Outside of the yeah. family even.
1: Educational purposes. The main thing is it has to right. be used for educational purposes.
0: The, um, yeah, because I'm thinking of parents who, um, I, I know when my children were born, the grandparents gave them a gift to start their college fund. So, you know, so if, you, if you're if you talking about a child who's diagnosed later, like your son was, you may have paid into that account and it may not be a 529, it may just be a savings account that's, that's out there. So, um, so you just need to spend that money in some way, or could, so say so if you have a regular account, it's not a 529 account for your child and they have $10,000 in it, can that account be transferred into someone else's and just given away to them and so now your child doesn't have $2,000? I, I, I don't understand fully how that all works, what the legalities are.
1: No, so best thing would be to probably uh, spend that money for your child's needs okay uh, yeah, right so just keep account uh, on on where you spend that money because government agencies do not want you to take undue advantage of what is available okay. out there right so essentially uh, if if a child had uh say ten thousand uh, dollars start start spending it down on on their needs and just keep a regular account because if, if that question comes up at a later stage something can be easily proven
0: right so between their their personal needs their doctor visits right. things like that, that right. okay well and you could easily spend that on any of your children over over the course yeah. of several years the i'm yeah. um, thinking of between mris and all the testing that that, that happened um, yeah. yeah. All right. So good. So so two thousand dollars is a is a key number that our parents need to keep in mind
1: if they are planning on taking SSI when the child turns eighteen, and uh, the child should be diagnosed with disability.
0: So it, is SSI an option before they turn eighteen?
1: SSI is an option, however, before they turn eighteen. Parents' income is deemed towards them. There is also something called substantial gainful activity. That is, if a child is earning more than, I think, I believe the the limits just changed. In 2023, if a child is earning more than 14000 a year, they are no longer eligible for SSI. Okay. So before 18, parents' income is deemed towards them. So if parents are not earning uh, 14000 and if it's, a, if it's a, a joint family, joint family, I mean, if both parents are there, the limit is a little bit higher. But again, uh, you will have to be really, really uh, low in income if if you have to benefit from SSI before child turns 18
0: okay it, it is a question that I actually had posed to me recently and the family was disappointed that they were not approved and it was because their income was being considered and Got so I, I wasn't sure how that how it worked
1: now uh, one thing to note there so government benefits you talked about SSI right SSI is one kind of government benefit other one other big one is Medicaid Medicaid is the insurance program insurance medical insurance that, Uh, is available for people with disability or people with low income. Many states have what we call Medicaid waiver programs. So there are programs that your kid might be eligible for before they are 18. And there are programs which do not count parents' income for their child to be eligible for. So that is something, uh, there is a website also, and Tanya, I'll send you a link of that okay, website. Okay, please do. Uh, yeah, that covers Medicaid waivers programs in all the states.
0: What are some of the challenges that, that parents may face when they're trying to secure financial support for their child, and how can they overcome those challenges?
1: Very good question. Now, if, if you are fortunate enough to earn yourself sufficient, I would say try to work with a professional to see how much your child may need Uh, for future. You should plan for the worst case scenario, assuming that your child will not get any government benefits. In those cases, how much money you should put away based on your child's needs and then obviously based on your own retirement needs. That is one. If you are not able to earn enough, there are other ways to fund. Uh, One of the best possible approach to fund your child's needs is what we call life insurance, right? Using your life insurance, and there are different kinds of life insurances available, using your uh, life insurance uh, products, you may be able to buy a cheaper option there is something called a survivorship policy where the money is made available for your child with disability when the second spouse dies. So essentially if it's uh, the family has a husband and wife, uh, husband dies, wife dies. When the wife dies at that time the money will be given by that life insurance policy towards funding the needs of that special needs. So that is one of a very well adopted way to fund your special needs child's needs in the future. Uh, Now, I'll go back to public benefits. Don't ignore those. Uh, Again, there are professionals out there that can help you to Keep getting those benefits, and I would say try to try to get those for as long as possible.
0: Um, you spoke about the survivorship. Does that go into a trust? How is that regulated so that it is able to be spent for that child later?
1: Correct. So uh, yes, uh, to go a little bit deeper, uh, what you do is, as as the owner of a policy, for example. Uh, you want to buy a policy for supporting your child. In that case, uh, you will have a trust. The The beneficiary will be the trust. You do not want that money to go directly to your child. Again, going back to how how you can make sure that your child continues to be eligible for public benefits. To ensure that you have to make sure that uh, there are trusts already created And you have to ensure that those trusts are the beneficiary and not not your child. Uh, So a lot goes into it. You you would need to create trusts. You will have to think about estate planning also. Because when you die, how do you want to give that money away? One thing to note, a lot of families, like my family, uh, I have one son with disability. Other son will be able to earn well for himself. We have to decide how how do we want to uh, distribute our money and how do we want to make sure that whoever is the trustee for the special need trust for our child with disability is able to continue to support that child. Now, it goes a little bit into the legal area. You have to think about estate planning. You have to think about trustees. You have to think about how your child, who does not have a disability, should not be relied upon for supporting your child with disability. Your child, I'll call the neurotypical child, will have his or her own life. They'll, they might be geographically very apart. They sure. will have different priorities. So this is something that, again, as part of uh, regular financial planning, Uh, I discuss with families as to how you should think about building a community, how you should think about including professionals in, in pockets of your planning. So in this case, best way would be to have a professional trustee that knows ins and outs of these trusts, how these trusts should distribute income and corpus, how they should be very careful not to distribute more than what your child right. needs right. and how they should be very careful that they are not distributing money for stuff that government benefit is paying for. Because again, if if they are distributing income for food and shelter, that will make the child ineligible because SSI is supposed to pay for food and shelter, right? And that's where ABLE account also comes into picture, uh, where ABLE account is able to uh, provide for more or different kinds of support compared to what a regular trust can pay for.
0: I'm sure it's overwhelming for some of our families to think through these things but if they're listening and they have an older child this is important for them to hear some of this and um and I think the bottom line is they do need to talk to professionals who understand and can advise them directly but um but being able to give give at least an overview here to get them thinking and to get them looking for the right the right answers I think it's it's very important.
1: And one one more thing that came to mind uh it probably goes back to one of your previous question you don't need resources you don't need money to do financial planning right so these are two different extremes some people think that they have too many resources that they won't need any other external help and i would disagree some people think that they don't have any money or they don't have sufficient money so they don't need to plan and i would disagree on that part too Right, So uh, you do need to plan, you do need to know about these things to provide for a better future for your loved one.
0: How can a parent ensure that their child's financial plan is flexible enough to account for the changing needs and circumstances over time? Because you don't know what's gonna come 20 years from now, but how can they try and plan that way? The
1: plan has to be fluid. And that's why I've mentioned I meet with my clients every month. So we do have longer meetings twice or thrice a year, but then I keep track of what is going on and or what needs to be done every month. And don't think of a plan as once done and forgotten. You have to keep coming back to it. You have to ensure that you are changing it or modifying it as your goals change, as your vision change, as your needs change, right? Kids, kids' needs will change. Things will happen in your life. Your income may go up or down. So you have to continue to adjust your plan to those changes and life never stays stagnant. There are changes happening all the time, so you have to change with it.
0: I think we keep talking about how, um, you know, your income changed. There's no guarantee of where you might be. I have multiple sclerosis. You never know what a month from now will be, things like that. There's always those unknowns there. Um, I had a bad fall a year and a half ago, and um, both of my feet were broken. My right wrist, 18 months later, I'm still in the healing process but during the initial time I was out of work completely for 5 months. So, you know, life does happen to us as parents, even healthy parents coming yeah. in, we do yeah. have those things. And um and just recently even we just had um major car things going on and so didn't lose our income but we lost our income because we had to put it into the car so so uh, your plans are there yeah. but you know but you know and that's just without even considering a child with extra needs that's just normal life so parents yeah. that are listening even if you're in your 20s listen to what he's saying there's there are a lot of things that, that will come and go as as you're moving through life
1: and what i would say is special needs is an additional layer on top that you have to think about, right? So a regular financial planning is say, uh, if I have to divide special needs planning, 60% is still a regular planning that you have to do. And then additional 40% is, is what people have to do or the families have to do if they have uh, kids with special needs. Uh, So, a lot more goes into special needs planning compared to regular families.
0: And I also don't want anyone listening to feel overwhelmed. Like like you were saying, you have the, the group that says, well, I don't make enough money to even think about it. There is room for you to plan still. There, there are still ways to make goals for yourself and to get those plans in place. So anyone listening to this can benefit from thinking this way. So I just wanted to encourage Th- those who are listening, not to um, to be discouraged if they feel like their income is not high enough right now.
1: And also reach out. There are a lot of nonprofits out there. There are a lot of pro bono professionals out there who do support people who, who do not have sufficient resources. I am one of those pro bono. I do uh, pro bono financial planning for a couple of nonprofit organizations. So you nice. just have to That's- seek help.
0: Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about financial planning for individuals with disabilities?
1: I'll go back to my previous comment. Do plan. Don't think that you need resources to plan or your lack of resources should not hinder your planning. Your child deserves better life. Your child needs to live up to his or her potential. For their sake, I would say you do need a plan and do not, do not be afraid of asking people. I mentioned before, there are pro bono uh, financial planning professionals available who can help you out if you don't have resources.
0: This is good. Um, tell me a little bit more about my special financial planning, your your business that that you started on the side. Tell me more about that. How did it come in and what are you doing with that?
1: My special financial planning started about mid of last year and all of this started because of my oldest son. I got so deep into financial planning that I thought I am am ready to help others. I I went ahead and took a couple of designations certified financial planning professional and then chartered special needs consultant where I am specialized in supporting families with special need family members. Now, with that firm, I I must say that this is is a part-time work for me. Uh, I am in no way, uh, I will not be able to commit time to it. So at a given point of time, I do take very limited number of clients Uh, The reason is I do want to make sure that I'm able to support those families in the best possible form. And as I mentioned, I meet every month. The reason all of this happened is because I wanted to support my special one, my Ishan, And he's the reason behind my passion to continue to learn and continue to help others in this area. My special financial planning, uh, I would say, is still growing. Um, I do have a website, myspecialfinancialplanning.com. I do uh, have a YouTube channel that recently uh, got launched actually just a couple of days ago. Uh, The handle for YouTube channel is planning for my special needs. My wife and I also moderate a Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group. Uh, The group's name is Planning for Special Needs. We'll have all these uh, in the show
0: notes. You and your wife are both moderating the the YouTube channel. Are you, um, now you have a podcast that you're going to be launching in the future. Have you, do you have a projected date of when that might start?
1: I'm targeting uh, probably early April. It is to dedicate to my son. The name is going to be planning for my special needs. And over time, uh, my wife is going to join me as well in this endeavor.
0: Oh, good. Good. If our listeners have any questions about about what we've talked about or want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you?
1: best way would be to email me my email is info at myspecial.org or you can send a message on my facebook group the facebook group again it's planning for special needs or you can leave a comment on my youtube channel planning for my special needs
0: Amit, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate all the information that you've shared both in this episode and on the one last, um, I think our parents will have gotten a lot out of this. So thank you. You're very welcome. As we wrap up this insightful interview with Amit Chawla, I want to remind our listeners of the importance of financial planning for individuals with disabilities. Amit's expertise and personal experience have provided us with valuable information on government benefits, proactive planning, and available resources. Remember, financial planning is an ongoing process, and there are many resources available to support families in this journey don't miss out on our special Mother's Day book bundle giveaway. Win two signed books by Sophia Sanchez and celebrate diversity and inclusion with You Are Enough and You Are Loved. Head to waterprairie.com giveaway to enter now. Good luck. This podcast is made possible by support from our listeners. If you want to help offset the cost of producing the Water Prairie Chronicles, become a supporter at buymeacoffee.com waterprairie. You've been listening to The Water Prairie Chronicles, a podcast created to encourage and support parents of special needs children. If you found value in this episode, leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more listeners. I'm glad you were able to join us today and hope to see you back next week for another episode of The Water Prairie Chronicles.